Good morning, Living Hope. Good to see everybody. Good to see everybody. Really um, happy that you all joined us this morning. Uh, we got a big day. Have some baptisms later. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm excited about that. And um, also, we have a worldwide audience this morning of about 20 people, and that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I'm so. Can we give a hand for everybody who's joined us online? Is it? Yeah. All right. Uh, just want to. Hey, let me remind you this because Christians are weird. Um, because we have this tendency. <laughs> oh man. Like I grew up in churches that you that measured their spirituality by their attendance. Now this was a. Uh, this was a time when churches did Sunday morning church, Sunday night church, a totally different service, and Wednesday night church as well, right? And, and if you were there, you know, like the heathens were the ones who came once a month or so. And then, and then if you were there every Sunday, well, you, you know, you're doing pretty good. If you were there Sunday, night, Sunday morning and Sunday night, really, you're really good. If you did the trifecta of Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you could be a deacon or an elder or something like that. Like that was that was really the only requirement, I think. And so, um, and so because we we have this tendency to kind of uh, look around and compare and, and judge, and it's just natural to all of us. Even though I think we're a pretty good congregation about that stuff. But but let me encourage you that there is we're not keeping record of who's here and who's watching from home. We are not judging spirituality by that. This is not a measure of your faith, whether you are in the building or out of the building this morning. Uh, we are all one in Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so, so there's a lot of super Christians watching from home, and, and I'm, I'm happy they're doing that as well. So um, I don't know if you've heard anything interesting in the news lately. There's some stuff going on. Yeah. Um, in case you haven't heard... Uh, they released Star Wars early this week, so that was good. That was good. And Frozen, I heard. Uh, my kids told me about Frozen. So Now, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the news, and, and, and uh, you're, 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 you, you would do yourself uh, a favor to watch it in small doses, uh, to listen to it in small doses. You would do yourself an even bigger favor to uh, check your social media in small doses. Uh, it, there, there is a lot of hysteria right now. Um, I, I'm, I fall into that camp of I think there's some things that we should be concerned about, careful about, but, um, but God is still in control, and uh, everything's eventually going to be fine. Life will go back to normal. Uh, it, it'll all be great. Um, and so uh, in the meantime, I, I mentioned the other day on a video that I, I kind of think about it in the same way I think about driving my car. I'm not afraid to get in my car and drive, but I put my seatbelt on every time. And same thing, use some common sense precautions, and we're trying to do that around here, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later. We are, I'm going to continue on in the series that we started a few weeks, actually this is the last week of the series that we started a few weeks ago that we're calling uh, Ancient Tweets, where we're looking at the four shortest books of the Old Testament. They're, you know, all of them are about a page long, just a handful of verses, just these little, little bitty letters that apostles and people wrote to churches and individuals, and what, what we're going to be looking at today is Third John. Third John, you can turn over in your Bible. It's the like uh, at the end of the Bible. There's Revelation. Right before that is Jude. Right before that is Third John. So if you're if you're looking for it, you can turn. If you're watching from home and and you're panicking right now because you realize you can't turn in your Bible because you're watching your Bible, uh, I'm sorry about that. Go steal somebody else's phone so you can read your Bible, and uh, and then that'll that'll be fine. Um, so we are going to hit this verse. I, I, all you know, for the last couple weeks, I've been reading this little letter, going, "How am I going to preach this thing?" Because it's—I don't know—it was just 
it wasn't like jumping out at me, like what, what was the big point of this message and, and how, how will it preach well and that sort of thing. And so uh, and it didn't hit me until this week in all of the you know, worldwide commotion that's going on, there was a couple of words that jumped off the page at me this week. And, and I really feel like uh, not only is this just me doing my due diligence about finishing up a series that we were already in, I think it's God's timing to give us this message this week. And so I'm excited to share it with you. Uh, what I want to talk about today is the concept of courage and the concept of, of um, even, even uh, heroes, but mainly courage. That idea, I don't know how you have the, the feeling. When I was little, when I, when I would think about courage, I thought courageous people were, were people who were never scared. As you grow up, you realize that's not the case. You know, you, I think so, especially for us as dads and uh, in the room, I think our kids tend to look at us like we're a little bit invincible and that it would never cross their minds that we ever get scared. Uh, but we know uh, when it comes to being a parent and just living life, there's plenty of times that we get scared. There's plenty of times that we have to put on a brave face to keep everybody else together. And moms, you do the same thing. Uh, but but I, I want to talk a little bit about what Christian courage looks like. Because um, I think a, a lot of times when we think of Christian courage, we think of uh, people who you know, uh, lay down their lives for the cause of Christ in terms of uh, you know, those old ancient Christians that got thrown literally to the lions for their faith or burned at the stake or whatever else. And we think of that level of kind of martyrdom courage as the, as the standard for Christian courage. But I think Christian courage actually happens in much more kind of day-to-day ways. And, and that's what I want to talk about uh, today. So this is what we're going to do. We're going we're to read through this letter. I'm going to pause a couple times and point out a couple things to you. And then we're going to hit some, hit some points. You ready? So it starts off like this. Again, this is, we talked about last week how you got those, these three letters that John, the apostle, wrote. 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. They were not written probably at different times, but probably at the same time, sent together in the same package. One was kind of a larger sermon, spiritual teaching and stuff. That's what we got in 1 John. It's a, it's a bigger letter. This, the one we read last week, Second John, was a letter specifically to the church that he was sending to with some specific, specific details. And this one, Third uh, John, is a letter that was also attached to those that is, was written to one of the leaders of that church, a man by the name of Gaius. And uh, so let's see what John has to say to Gaius here today. He starts off with this. He says, the elder, that's him, he recognizes himself as a, as a leader in the church and as just an older guy. He was, uh, John, at this point in his life, had reached the ripe old age of uh, probably his early 80s. He says, The elder, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Listen to this line. He says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. I love that idea, and, and obviously we're all thinking about our health uh, you know, in the last uh, few weeks, but I love that idea of John going, and by the way, the world, like the, 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 uh, a little, the anxiety that any of us might be feeling right now about health and about catching something and, you know, whatever else, this is the world that the early church lived in all the time. In fact, that's the world that existed worldwide up until about 100 years ago, right? Like the whole world lived in a state of uh, hyper-caution, 
hyper-awareness that, that even the slightest fever could take down one of their children or, or whatever else. I mean, that was just the world that existed for eons until just you know, a little while ago. And there's been a lot of advances. But he writes into this world, and, he, and, he, and basically he's, he's, t- he's telling Gaius, I know that you're uh, growing in your faith, and I also hope that you're healthy physically as well. And, and I, let, me, let me just kind of flip that on its head and go, this morning uh, for all of us, while you're going to be hyper-focused on your health over the next few weeks, take the opportunities that this situation brings to also uh, be healthy spiritually, to be healthy spiritually, to be doing some things. You know, how many of us oftentimes are, are you know, in the busyness of our lives are, are going, I wish I had more time to spend with God. I feel like I don't have the time to, 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 you know, pull it down and get quiet and read my Bible more, spend more time in prayer, help or serve people more, whatever that might look like to you. And, and a lot of us have nothing but time for the next few weeks, nothing but time. And so I would encourage you take advantage, like don't waste that opportunity. Obviously you're going to do some spring cleaning. So a lot of you are already thinking about that. I'm already thinking about cleaning out my garage. It's, it's the last of my to-do list of moving into my house. It's got to get done. And, and so I'm thinking about some of those things. I'm thinking about spending some more quality time with my kids and that sort of thing. But, but also consider over these next few weeks, while maybe you're working from home or your kids are at school and you're having to make alternative arrangements and whatever, whatever your case looks like, how can I kind of dive into life in Christ a little bit more over the next few weeks, because for some of us, there's no excuses right now, no excuses. And so really and truly take advantage of that. Now, healthy spirituality is more than just praying and reading your Bible. And we're going to get to that in just a second. I'm going to talk about what that looks like for us as a church in just a second. Let's, let's continue on with what he says. So he says that, you know, uh, he's, he's praying that, uh, that his health will be good and that all would go well with him, even as his soul is getting along well. And then he says, it gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continued to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And he goes on in verse 5 and he says, Dear friends, you or dear friend, you are faithful in what you're doing for the brothers and sisters, even though, listen to this, even though they're strangers to you. Now, what he's referring to here, I believe, is a situation where uh, some, some Christians were kind of going out on these little mission-type trips, helping, encouraging churches, uh, maybe even going out planning churches, uh, that, that sort of thing. And when they went out on these little trips, they were dependent on the help of their brothers and sisters in Christ in all the cities that they would go visit. So if they needed a, maybe a, a place to eat or a place to sleep, oftentimes they would first go to the other churches in those areas and go, we've got this plan, we're trying to do this, is there any way you can help us along this journey? And, uh, and, and here John is commending Gaius for being so welcoming to people, even when they're strangers, even though they're strangers to you. They've told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name. I love that he just says the name. Whose name do you think he's talking about? There you go. In church, whenever there's a question, just always answer Jesus. Just, that's the answer all the time. Just always answer Jesus. Um, and so he says, uh, please send them on their way in the manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. What's he say next? We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work 
together for the truth. I'm gonna, I, what I want to talk about, we're going to finish up this letter in just a second, and what I'm eventually going to come back to is this idea that I think one of the most real and impactful ways you can show Christian courage in your life is by developing a lifestyle of hospitality. It does not come natural to most of us. It doesn't come natural. We, we tend, even before all of this was going on, we, what cracks me up about, and it's not something necessarily to laugh at, but you'll understand what I'm saying in just a second, but what kind of uh, amused me about this whole situation, the minds of everybody in this whole situation, the panic over, oh my gosh, we're going to be so isolated. People, we've been living in isolation for a long time before this all started. A long, isolation is the water we swim in. That's the water we swim in. It's the air that we breathe. And I think for us to develop a new habit, a new lifestyle of, of generosity and hospitality is one of the bravest, most courageous things that we could do as Christians, that we could do as the church of Jesus Christ. It's really easy in times like this to, to you know, we've seen the panic. We've seen the, the ridiculous long lines and fights at the stores. We've seen the hoarding of, of ridiculous items. I'm still hoarding books. Nothing's changed. Um, and, and no, I will not give you a book for toilet paper. And so, um, <laughs> um, so we, we've seen all that stuff that's going on and, and the pandemonium that's out there. It's really easy for us at a time like this to kind of circle the wagons and turn inward and think only about taking care of you. And I want to tell you that when it comes to being a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're really going to truly call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, that option is not available to you. That option, that's not who we follow. That's not who we are. Yes, I get that these are different times. Yes, I get that the, that the situation that our, our nation is experiencing is historic in nature. I understand all that. But it's actually in those times throughout world history, it's in those times when things got the darkest that God's people show up the strongest. And so what I want to encourage you for the rest of our time here is to kind of switch that lizard brain thing off that's telling you to just take care of yourself, to just take care of you and yours, to hoard and to all this kind of stuff and to doomsday prep and all this, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. And... Switch it to the mind that Christ would have, have you to have, okay? And we're going to talk about that. Look what he says next in verse uh, 9. I wrote to the church. All right, he's going, to, he's going to talk some smack about somebody. Here we go. It says, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he's doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. So evidently there was this leader in the church there uh, that John knew about where he, this guy was, was basically just rude and jealous, jealous of other believers and the work that they might be doing. Uh, and, and it just showed in everything that he did. So he's like, we, we're not going to help those people. Uh, and if you do help those people, then you're not a part of us. You're, you're, you know, you're messing with our unit. It was just this weird, twisted 
uh, ununified, uh, unhealthy, cancerous view of the gospel that this guy had within the church. And John's calling him out. I love it when those guys do that because it gives us permission to do the same. All right. Look at verse 11. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not, been, who has not seen God. He calls out a different guy here. He says, Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. And then he closes it out with verse 13 and 14. He says, I have much to write you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we'll talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. All right? This is the big point I want to draw out of this little letter today is that in dark times like these, Jesus and his bride light the way. In dark times like these, Jesus and his bride light the way. Make no, make no mistake, sometimes when we live in the middle of a situation, we don't understand the, the, uh, the weight of that situation until we're looking back on it. But this is a historic event in our nation. We, um, we haven't seen something cripple our nation it's not just our nation, it's the whole world right now, right? But we haven't seen something cripple our, our uh, nation like this since the days following 9-11. And we haven't seen such a massive adjustment in normal everyday life since World War II. Like, it is historic times that we're going through right now, and the panic is real, the anxiety is real, and I get it. It's understandable. I'm not saying that we shouldn't uh, be concerned. It's fine for us to be concerned. That's, that's all good and well and good. But for us as followers of Jesus Christ, what's our role in this? And again, when you look back through church history and you see the times that the church shined the brightest, it's almost always in the darkest of times. In fact, the darker the social situation got, the more the church grew and flourished. Over and over and over, history has proven this. Over Because God's people tend to have a way of stepping up and doing what needs to be done when, when, when push comes to shove. And what I want to encourage us for the next uh, few weeks, several weeks, couple months, however long this thing's going gonna to last before we kind of feel like we're getting back to normal, whatever that looks like, is rather than us totally looking inward, thinking only about our own health, our own uh, well-being, uh, only taking care of our family, that sort of thing, rather than doing that, to switch that mentality off and switch on the mind of Christ. Because the church, being the bride of Christ, we are called and created for times such as these. This is why we do church. All the Sundays you've been here before, have you just been preparing for these times that we're living in right now? That's why we do church, all right? And so I want to encourage us as, as, as the followers of Jesus Christ to go, rather than, again, rather than looking only inward and, and, and turning selfish in these times, start to think. We, it's a phrase we say around here all the time. Some of us wear it on T-shirts from time to time. You've seen, how can I help? How, it doesn't, you don't have to preach sermons. You don't have to lead a Bible study. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be anything like overly scary and spiritual. If you just take a mentality for the next several weeks as the body of Christ to go out into our community 
with the attitude of how can I help? It will make all the difference in the world. This is how communities that are ravaged by disaster, uh, we've seen it most recently in Nashville with the tornadoes, the church, as it always does in situations like this, has risen up and it has shined brightly and it has glorified God in dark, dark situations. And we needed to be able to do the same. So what I want to do is I want to hit a few points uh, to kind of, kind of encourage you, like, how, how should we be responding during these times, okay? So the first one is this. First and foremost, let me get this one out of the way because it's really important. It's this, ask us for help if you need it. It's really important that I say that. If you need help, please ask us. If you are uh, somebody in our congregation who maybe is vulnerable because of your health situation, vulnerable because of your age, whatever, whatever this, what, and, and you just know it's not wise for you to go get your own groceries, or it's not wise for you to go pick up your own prescriptions, whatever that, that might look like for you, please let us know. Put, this is not a time for pride. This is not a time for ego. Put that aside and ask for help. You have a congregation. I'm going to, everybody that's listening at home, I want you to hear this. You have a congregation, brothers and sisters in Christ here, that would be thrilled to help you with no judgment, with nothing but joy. And so please, please, please ask for help. Send us a message. Uh, You can email me at jeff at livinghopedixon.com. You can uh, call the church and leave a message. You can comment on our social media, on our Instagram, on our Facebook. Uh, Send us private messages that way. Uh, Whatever it takes, but let us know how we can help if you need help, because I guarantee you there are people in this room that want to help. There are people watching from home that would love to help, all right? And so ask for help if you need it. Crush pride. There's no time for it, all right? Second one is this. And this is what I want you to do right now. Everybody, um, actually, you don't have to do this. Just consider doing what I'm getting ready to say, all right? <laughs> Just consider doing. The second thing is this. Look for ways to help every single day. Every single day over the next several weeks and months, look for ways to help your neighbors, your brothers and sisters in Christ, people in your community, your kids' classmates, Look for ways to help every single day, every single day. And for those of you who are sitting right here in the room right now, what I, what I want to encourage you to do, if, you, if you'd like to, is get out one of those connection cards. And if, would you just put your name and number on there? And if you, are, would, if you would be happy, thrilled to help somebody in need during this time, and we hear about needs, and you're like, call me, I'll go run an errand for somebody, call me, would you just fill that out and go, go I want to help? Same thing uh, on the flip side of that coin. If you're one of those people who, who knows I'm a little bit vulnerable this time and I could really use some assistance, I need some help. Put that on your card too and we'll contact you and we'll, we'll start matching you up with people in the church that can help you and, and, and we want to do that, okay? So do that. Look for ways that you can help every single day. Check on your neighbors. How you doing? Now, <laughs> let me say this one. I know just by virtue of the size of the crowd that we have, the size of the crowd that's watching at home, I know that there's at least a few of you. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. In fact, I'm giving you a chance to redeem yourself. You ready? I know there's at least a few of you that freaked out and bought all the toilet paper. I know it. I know it. You know who you are. You, you, you've been feeling it. 
You've been feeling like, I, I should feel guilty. I do feel a little bit guilty, but I got toilet paper, right? And you, you did that. You did, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, no judgment. No judgment. But maybe. You know, there's, Jesus tells a story about a guy who had a bumper crop, and he just built bigger barns. And he was like, oh, look at all, look at all my stuff. I'm just going to fill it here, and I'm just going to retire, and I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. Some of you guys are feeling that way with your toilet paper right now. You're just like, I got all this toilet paper. Open up the wine. Let's go, right? And, and you're just feeling so high. And so, like, let's redeem that situation a little bit. How about this? How about you walk over to your next-door neighbor, and you go, how you guys doing? I got a little too much toilet paper the other day. <laughs> Could you guys use some, right? Uh, or, 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 or define some way. Check with the people in your growth group that you go to. Is everybody need some toilet paper? I, I happen to have a little extra, you know, whatever, uh, and do that. Like, like maybe it's, it's okay that you got the amount that you got, but rather than hoarding, why not looking, look at it as an opportunity to give and to share? Okay, Let's, can we do that? Let's do that. All right. Uh, anybody need toilet paper right now? Put that on your card. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So that's good. Um, and no, you still can't have one of my books. Um, so do some things like that. Check with, we got kids out of school right now. Some parents are struggling to find a way, you know, to, to provide, you know, care for their kids so they can continue to go to work or whatever the case may be. Um, uh, you know, put it out there through social media or, again, through your growth group or, or through us that uh, you've got time and, and, and you could take in a kid or two during the school day uh, to, you know, help out a family, uh, let us know about those situations. There's all kinds of things that you can do. There's going to be some people, there already are a lot of people who are losing wages because of this. They're losing wages because of all this. And the need, they're starting to feel the crunch, they're starting to feel the anxiety of how am I going to provide Oh, that's a real thing. Some, some of us have jobs that we continue to get paid even if we're sent home, or you have the opportunity to work from home. Some of us work hourly jobs um, uh, in, in service industries or whatever, and if you're not working, you're not getting paid. And this is the time where the church can step up and be the church. Which brings me to my third point. You ready? Spend less and give more because the need may be great. Spend less and give more because the need may be great. You're like, Jeff, I can't believe you worked out, worked out a, a giving message in, in, in such a day like this. That's not what this is about. I'm not, I'm, not being, I'm not up here asking you to give more because I'm concerned about the church and our bills and our salaries. That's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about I believe there's going to be a serious financial crunch for a lot of families in this community of brothers and sisters and in our community at large, there's going to be people financially hurting and struggling to pay bills. So again, let me say this. If, if any of you all fall into that category, please reach out for help. Put pride aside. It's times like this when the, you can allow the church to be the church. I can't promise that we'll pay every single bill that you have. I don't know if we can you know, handle your, your huge rent payment or anything like that, but we can help out with some food. We can help out maybe with some of the smaller bills. We can help out with some other needs that you might have, some gas or some whatever. Like we can do a lot of that stuff, and we might be able to help out with lar larger bills. It just depends on the, the, the response that we get. But, but please reach out for help if you need help in this time. And those of you 
uh, all the rest of us. Like we, we're not doing a lot more. We're not eating out as much right now. We're not going to the theaters as much. We're not doing, you know, vacations have been canceled and all this kind of stuff. And so those of us who, who are in those categories, like go ahead and intentionally, here's what, because here's what you're going to do. This is what me and my wife do. We have to watch it really. Anytime we get locked up at home, we shop online so much more. Oh my gosh, we are lighting up Amazon when we're trapped at home and bored, right? And so resist that urge to, to boredom shop. Hold, you know, like spend less. Go ahead and like intentionally spend less so that you can give more to people in need. Because I promise you over the next few weeks, we are going to be presenting you with opportunities to step in and fill some needs for some real life flesh and blood people in this community. And let's be ready for that. Amen? Let's do that. This is where the church shines. This is where it shines. This is where we can, this is where lives are changed. Anytime, there was a, a time, I'm going to close up with this, I think. And um, uh, there was a situation right before we moved here uh, to Dixon. We were in a little town, small town, about the same size as Dixon in uh, Missouri, Lebanon, Missouri. And about a year or so before we moved out here, Lebanon was hit with a catastrophic ice storm. It swept through that whole area of, of Missouri, the kind of the Ozarks area. And uh, I mean, it was a catastrophic ice storm where that town didn't have power for three and four weeks. I mean, it, it really hit uh, families hard. And our church there just stepped up. We were clearing fallen limbs. We were, uh, you know, just j- taking meals to people. We were running the soup kitchen. We were just doing everything that we could possibly do to, to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community in their time of need, right? And you know what happened and what happens in every situation like that, I promise you, is that when the church steps up and does what the church should do, it is a greater witness to the community than any sermon, than any scripture, than anything. And people will come to Christ. They'll be blown away. They will be blown away by the witness of a church who is stepping up to serve in their time of need. And I promise you, at the end of this thing, we're going to look back on it and we're going to see, we didn't have that family in this church before we started, but now we do. And there might be multiple examples of that. Allow Jesus to shine in this situation by being the church, his bride, that shines along with him. So let us know if we can help you. Look for ways to help every single day. And spend less and give more. Give more. And you don't have to just simply wait and hold on to that money, you know, for what if giving or whatever. I promise you, I mean, we already get a pretty steady stream of people coming to the church in the community looking for help uh, with all kind, you know, homelessness and uh, uh, bill situations and, you know, all kinds of different situations. And so just go ahead and start giving more to the church and we will continue to serve this community. We'll involve you all as much as we possibly can and connect you with real life people that you can uh, help and, and, and encourage. We want to do that. But let's take care of each other. Let's take care of this mission field that Christ has placed us in. Let's bring glory to God and hope to people through these next several weeks and months. Amen? That's our job. Your job is not to hole up and get selfish. And I'm not saying, and again, I'm not saying don't take care of yourself. Please use caution. Take care of yourself. 
uh, you know, quit touching everybody, right? Like, like, like the whole thing, like wash your hands. Like some of you, Liz was talking earlier about people like being rebellious about, oh, I'm not even going to wash my hands. That's just an excuse because you were never washing your hands in the first place. Now, you're, now you can get by with it, right? Like, like just be, like do what's smart. Do what's smart. Do what's safe for you. Not everybody has the same health situation. Not everybody has the same uh, uh, immune system. Do what's smart for you. Do what your doctor advises. But even in that, we can look for ways to shine the light of Christ and, and really bring glory to God and hope to people in this time. Amen? We can do that. So step up to the challenge. Let us know on your cards. I either need help or I want to give help. Let us know that. And so we, have no, we know who to call when the time comes. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. And we thank you so much for your word to us this morning. We thank you for these weird little letters we've been reading over the last few weeks. And I, I've, I've enjoyed teaching uh, from these words. And, um, and so, God, I pray that you would help us to live them out in our daily lives. And I thank you for this last one. I thank you that you're a God who, who divinely orchestrates things that we don't expect. And months ago, when we laid out this series, you knew this message would land on this day. And I thank you for that. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to be a people who, who use this time not just to focus on staying safe uh, in terms of our physical health, but also help us to use this time to grow in our spiritual health. God, I pray also that you would help us to live lifestyle generosity and lifestyle hospitality, that we would go out and, and uh, take care of one another, take care of our community, and, and just adopt this mentality of how can I help every single day until this thing is over. So lead us in that. God, I pray as the, as the leaders of our church continue to meet and brainstorm and plan and, and discuss what needs to be done, God, I pray that you would uh, speak to us uh, about what your strategies might be for us. God, I pray that open doors uh, for your gospel would just, would just stick out like a sore thumb to us. They would be so obvious to us and uh, you would just lead us in all of that. So God, I, I do want to lift up in prayer uh, everyone, especially in our community, but worldwide. God, uh, it's, it's easy for some of us to make jokes about this situation because there are things that are maybe a little comical about it. Um, and it's easy for some of us to kind of uh, play it off like it's no big deal or whatever. But I also know, God, that there are thousands of families across this globe that it's a very big deal to because they've experienced death in their families. And so I want to lift up them to you today and just ask that you would be peace and comfort to them, that you would send brothers and sisters in Christ to surround them, to point them to you, and to offer them to hope that only exists in you. And, um, and so God, give us the opportunities to serve you, and we, we just give ourselves to you one more time. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen.